Hey there everybody and welcome to the Biathlon Podcast. It is Thursday the 25th of November and I am your host Will Prov. I've got a couple of prediction pods coming your way today. I'll be looking at the weekend's action in Sweden later, but first up, it's time for the Crystal Globe predictions. I'll be looking through all of the Crystal Globes that'll be awarded at the end of the season, even the relays, to give you my top tips for the winners in each category, so that everyone can then remind me of just how wrong I was once we get to that end of the season in March. Let me know your predictions, either on Facebook or at the Biathlon Podcast at gmail.com. Now let's start off with those Sprint Globes. So that's right, let's start off with those Sprint Globes first of all. And this is possibly the hardest to predict as we have more races in the Sprint category than any other. This season we have nine sprints total in the World Cup, that's not including the Olympics of course, and that takes us from two sprints in Sweden through Austria and France before we hit the Christmas break. We then pick things up with the two German legs, and then once the fun and games of the Olympics is over, we'll be in Finland, then for the first time ever the beautiful country of Estonia, before the return of the traditional ending in Oslo. So let's start things off with the men. And after that incredible run of eight sprint titles in nine years for Martin Foucault, Johannes Tinkers Bo claimed his second last year, pipping Stelholm Ligreed to the title by 40 points. Behind Ligreed by just a single point was the only other man to have won a sprint crown in the last 10 years, Johannes' brother Taya. Preseason, I think it's hard to look anywhere else other than Johannes for the crown. Even in what was a bit of a tough year for him last year, this was easily his strongest discipline. Three of his four wins came in the sprint, and he can really flex his muscles on the skis in the shorter format. The worry for Johannes fans is that it was nowhere as easy as it once was for the redhead on the skis, where in seasons gone by we might expect a, a sort of 9 out of 10 in a sprint to almost be a, a certain win for Johannes if Martin Foucault hadn't shot clear. Last year he could only manage a third and a fourth in Contialati and Hockfilsen with one miss. Did come on later though, winning in Oberhof with that same score. Uh, so he can still do it when the chips are down. Uh, so Johan is still the overwhelming favourite, no doubt. But there are cracks in his armour going into this season that just weren't there before, I don't think. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if he comes out and just smokes the field on route to a dominating season, but it does feel like the pack is closing in a little bit. And when it comes to the sprint, the two that I like the look of in that pack are Sweden's Seb Samuelsson and Johannes's compatriot Johannes Dahle. As we covered in the last episode, Samuelsson is coming into the season with some good racing in his legs, so should be full of confidence, and you can extend that to Dahle as well. In Schusen's pre-season sprint, he shot the perfect 10 on the day. And while his speed wasn't really on top form, wasn't perfect, that's uh, surely only a matter of time if he shows the class that he did last season. Uh, both Samuelson and Dale secured their first World Cup wins last year, of course. And I think that's just going to spur them both on uh, to convert that into a bit more consistency uh, than we saw. Samuelson's shooting 
was as great as ever last year. He could improve on the skis. Some days he was right up there with the best. Uh, but we did see a few too many off days in that respect. Could that be down to the wax in the Swedish team? Or could that be down to the uh, athlete himself? It's tough to say. Um, the opposite is almost true of Dale, though. His uh, standing shooting really needs to step up this year. He was great and prone in sprint last year. He shot 94%, but he missed 8 out of 50 standing shots. So if he can get that sort of 84% up this season, I think he's going to be a real threat. Uh, and if Samuelson can improve that ski speed, I think he's going to be right up there as well. So those are my top three in terms of the men for the sprints. Do find it tough to bet against the king this time, though. I think Johannes does take it with those young guns chasing him the whole way. Meanwhile, over on the women's side, it feels like it's anyone's game behind Tyrolekov. She, of course, comes in as the champ, no doubt is the favourite. But you've got winners before in Denise Herman. You've got people that could take Ekov the whole way. You've got Roisland, Vera, the Erbergs. They could all have their say this season. Let's start with the favourite, though, because she is there for a reason. She was astonishing in sprints last year. She took the final seven sprint races in a row while winning every pursuit in that time as well, which we'll come on to. Uh, she was just unstoppable during that time and doing the lion's share of it on the skis. Uh, those seven wins, only two came with clear shoots, uh, but she was limiting herself to just the one miss on every other occasion. And on the ski form she was on, you just couldn't see anyone getting close to her. Um, you do have to wonder if that was just a, sort of a bit of a golden season that might not continue on for another. Uh, but even if she regresses back to her 2019-20 levels, uh, there were still seven wins in there uh, overall. So it's going to be a real tough task for the field to close that gap. Not too imaginative. But I think the biggest competitors here are going to be Marta Olspool, Roiseland and Hannah Erberg. They're, they're probably going to be the likeliest candidates to be pushing her the hardest, I think. Erberg, obviously great early last season, got two wins in Conti Alati. And after those experiences of last season where she found it tough, she had that fatigue. I think she'll be much better placed to pace her season this time round. However, those are her only sprint wins. Uh, so I do see the majority of her success coming in the longer races, which leaves Marta Olsby Roiseland as the main threat, really, in my book. In the last three seasons, she's finished third, fourth, and second in the race for the sprint crown. Crazy thing, she's never won a globe. Uh, so she's trending in the right direction when it comes to the sprints, but for her, it's all coming down to the shooting. Way too often last year, she was already out of it after the prone shoot. Both times in Nova Miesto, Two misses on the prone, and there's just no real way back, especially when you've got Ekhoff in the kind of form that she was. I do think Marta will push Tyrrell all the way, but it's tough to see her beating her to the crown. Um, so I've gone boring twice in a row there, I'm afraid. Uh, that's Johanna's for the men, and Tyrrell Ekhoff for the women when it comes to the sprint. But let's mix things up a little bit in the pursuit. I think we might have uh, more more hope for the underdogs here. In the men's, uh, your champ is Sterla Holm Ligreed, of course, after that amazing season last year. He was tying Johannes on 3.06, uh, but he did take the global count back there. The two Norwegians again come in as favourites, but for me in the pursuit, it is all about the French. Last year, I have to say I was expecting Fionn Maillet to bring the challenge to Johannes, 
uh, in the overall, not just in pursuit specifically. I mean, Ligra just came out of nowhere to fill that gap instead. Uh, but when Quentin shone, though, it was pretty damn bright. Uh, you just have to think back to the pursuit in Hockvilsen, where he was dominating the field on that day. Uh, or in Novo Miesto, where stumbled in the range early. Did do that, but then he came charging back and outshot the field there at the end. There was Boer, Ligrid, Gigana, Hoffer as well. Um, and then he left Jacqueline in the dust on the last lap, which is no mean feat either. Does feel like uh, Phil May just really excels in the longer races. And while I see him as a threat to the overall crown, I think that either the Pursuit or the Mass Start, or to be fair to him, maybe both, I think that's going to be the first of Phil May's collection of globes. So that's Phil May, but we can't talk about the Pursuit without talking about the two time Pursuit world champ, my favourite to watch in the men's field, Emilian Jacqueline. Tough off-season for him. Suffered a fracture of his left wrist early in the off-season after falling off his bike. But he took some of that time to work on his shooting, which should be a bit of a warning to the rest of the field. Interestingly, also been talking uh, in interviews uh, with Nordic Mag about the pressure he's been under, uh, which of course we saw last season in both positive and negative ways. Uh, he said that after taking that second uh, pursuit crown in the World Championships. It's more relief he was feeling uh, than joy. Uh, but he's taken time in the off-season there. He had this injury and uh, says that's taken a little bit of the pressure off him. Uh, so hopefully he can ski and more importantly shoot with a bit more freedom this year more consistently. Uh, obviously all speculation at this point. Uh, but if some of that pressure has been released, perhaps we'll, uh, like I say, see a levelling off of the performances uh, where Jacqueline's concerned this year. We saw those big blowouts towards the end of the season. Maybe they stop happening and the points just start racking up race on race. He's now in his fifth season at the World Cup level, 26 years old, and I think this is the sort of time that if a big jump is going to happen when it comes in terms of sort of World Cup consistency, this is the season where that might happen for Emilien. In an Olympic year, though, of course, and maybe uh, a gold medal in the pursuit or in other races might be more likely than the Crystal Globe come the end of the season. So when it comes to the men in the pursuit, I'm back in field my aid to take the trophy. Johannes and Jacqueline pushing them all the way, um, but settling for second and third in that one. Which takes us to the women's pursuit. And I don't think there's too much to speculate on in this one. Ekhoff's won the globe for the last two years, and if I'm backing her for the sprint, then you better believe that I'll be backing her for the pursuit as well. She was crazy strong in the pursuits, not just last year, but in that purple patch she had in 2019 as well, and in pursuits a lot of the time. Uh, I think there's just something extra in the tank for Ekhoff when it comes to pursuing. When we saw sort of uh, strong skiers like Johannes bring back a penalty loop last season, but then throw it away in the range, sort of working too hard on the skis, if anything, Egov just seems to build in the race as she goes. Uh, and the world champs missed early, but it just brought her back in, having that ski speed in the tank, kept her nerve in the final shoot. Same thing happened in Hockfilsen. Uh, I think, as I say, if my sprint prediction's right, I can't do anything but also take Ekhoff for the victory in the pursuit. In terms of challenges, this is where I start to like the look of Francisca Preutz. 
We've seen steady improvement from the German over the last few years, culminating in four podiums, uh, peak of them being that epic duel with Julia Simon in the Oberhof mass start last year. I don't think she'll be able to beat Ekov to the crown here, but she could end up running her quite close. Um, and who knows, if Ekov does uh, form does dip off, then I think Preutz is going to be right there to take advantage of that. So saying that, we're on to the mass starts, where we have four World Cup events this year. Those are in Annecy, Le Grand Bonnard, Antholtz, Ottopar and Oslo. And while of course we don't really have any history to go on when it comes to Ottopar, history at the other three venues lies squarely with... That's right, Johannes Tingers Bo. He's won the last mass starts at all three venues, and I feel like this season we might see a bit of a reaction from the Norwegian after uh, some of the struggles he had before. Um, we have to remember, of course, there was the pandemic. He had a new child in the house, fair amount of distractions, maybe lack of sleep, lack of uh, lack of concentration for Johannes, perhaps. But I think he stays true to the form we've uh, come to know and love in years past and dominates the mass start events this year. Could it be that I'm looking at the wrong brother here, though? Uh, Taya is no slouch in the longer races, proved that last year by winning the mass start globe. That was his first since that amazing 2011 campaign. Not sure I see the same thing happening this year, though. I think winning races definitely uh, definitely going to happen for Tyre, but the overall globe, I'm not so sure. I say overall globe, globe for the mass starts. Um, last year, Johannes was missing targets for fun in the mass starts, um, unless my maths have failed me. Uh, prepping for this podcast, I think he hit just 80% of his targets, uh, and I expect that to bounce back up this year. So I think mass starts could be a sibling battle for the win between Johannes and Tyre, but again, I think Johannes is going to come out on top over his elder brother there. On the women's side in the mass starts, this is where I do see Francisca Proitz really making her mark on the season. A lone World Cup victory so far, back in a mass start in Rupolding in 2019. Uh, last year, in five mass starts, she had a lowest finish of ninth, while taking two podiums as well. Um, as I mentioned earlier, so close to a victory in that duel with Simon. Uh, I think... That experience just makes her stronger, and we see her definitely adding to that lone victory and starting to ease the little bit of the pain that German fans have had to go through, German biathlon fans in recent years. If that doesn't happen, though, I do like the chances of Lisa Theresa Hauser. After her breakout season last year, I think she's going to be going from strength to strength this winter. Whether that's more focused towards the Olympics or towards the World Cup, I'm not sure, but I think wins are definitely on the horizon for the Austrian. So now we get to the question that I know some people are going to be asking, where the hell is Sterleholm Ligreed in these predictions? Don't worry, Ligreed fans, because while I do think we're going to have to see some regression this year, if we don't, then we might be looking at the sort of beginning of an all-time great career. Uh, I do think the individual crown is his to lose, though. When it comes to the individual, obviously you've got that massive penalty for missing the shot, so you've got to look at the best shots in the field. And there are none other... Actually, maybe Simonader. Uh, he can match him on the range. But as much as I love the Austrian, uh, those uh, slightly older legs can't beat Sterler at this point, um, for the wins at least. I do think the main competition for Ligrid comes from Johannes and Phil Mayer. Um, but yeah, the young phenom has to come in as the favourite for the individual crown at this stage. 
On the women's side, last year we saw the globe being shared between Dorothea Vera and Lisa Teresa. Uh, but this year, I think, might be the time for Ingrid Lamar-Tandrevold uh, to add to her Mastart globe from last year in the individual. She was dead-eye on prone shoots for, I mean, not just last season, for years now. Uh, the standing shoots, though, are gradually improving year on year. Not matching the prone, but they're they're getting getting up towards the sort of mid-80s. Not sure whether the ski speed will be there for a sort of an overall Crystal Globe challenge, but we know she is pure class, and I think we could see that standing shoot average, as I say, tipping more into the 80s, more victories coming in our way, coming our way. Uh, and I think a lot, I think the individual is a good race for uh, for Tandrevold. Obviously, the Mass Star Globe last year, um, but with those penalties, the minute penalties for other people. She has a couple of clear shots. I think uh, I think she could be adding to her wins. So all of that leads us to the way too early overall predictions. Uh, the bookies, at least here in the UK, have Johannes as the favourite on the men's side, unsurprisingly. He's at 4-9, to nine, pretty short odds there. Sterler's second favourite, 16-5, to five, and Conton Filmaier is at 7-1. to one. Uh, For those of you keeping count... Uh, on the men's side, I have the sprint and mass start going to Johannes, with Conton Filmay taking the pursuit and Sterler the individual. Which, in theory, means I have to give it to Johannes, unless Conton Filmay has the consistency over him when it comes to those other races. I think, sensibly, you have to go with Johannes, but... My heart really thinks that Phil May might do it this year. I thought he was going to do it last year. He had his moments, but couldn't quite put it together week on week. I think this year maybe he's a bit more consistent. And he mounts at least a very good challenge for the overall, if not takes it from Johannes. For the women, bookies are of course going with Tyrrell Eckhoff as the favourite. She's at 5-4. to four. Well, I apologise for being boring here, I have to agree with them. I've got the sprint and pursuit crowns going her way, and if that happens, then the overall should likely follow for her. However, my actual money has gone with Francisca Prince. She's currently sixth favourite at 16-1, to 1, which I find crazy. The, uh, the consistency we've seen her showing year on year might sound like a long shot, but I think if anyone's going to challenge Ekhoff, then the German could be primed for a big step up this year. So that just leaves us with the relays, and on the women's side, last year it was basically impossible to have predicted. Norway were looking unstoppable before last season started, and in the end only managed fourth after sort of meltdown after meltdown on the range. Different athletes as well, it was, no one person was to blame there. Uh, it was Sweden and Germany who ended up being tied at the top. However, this year I am back in France's women to do the business. Uh, they had their own fair share of meltdowns on the range last year. Uh, but while Norway has the biggest names in Jurekovs and Jurosland's, Tandrevold, I think France has the best overall talent of the big nations. Uh, in Simon and Brazar, you've got two of the quickest women in the field. And then Chevalier Boucher and Nez Bescom. Chloe Chevalier was looking good last season. Uh, you've got sort of some... Hopefully a bit of consistent shooting, a steady hand, especially with Bashan, I think, on the first leg. I really like her in that uh, in that role. Coach has really messed around with the order uh, last year, which I am not a fan of. I think that was a detriment to the team. But if they stay steady with a lineup of, I think, Bashan, Brazar Boucher going second, Chevalier Boucher, and then Simon, I think, is their best lineup. 
I think if they stick with that, they could be tough to beat. Obviously, with Chloe Chevalier coming in um, where needed. Listeners from last year might be sick of hearing me talk about uh, Belarus's women's team. Uh, but after that second place in Nova Miesto towards the end of last year, I think they get at least one win in the relays this year. Poss- possibly a long shot to say they'll challenge for the globe, um, but I but I think they'll be they'll be improving yet again. For the men, I think you have to see it as a straight fight between Norway and France. Uh, we may see an upset along the way, but with no Art Pfeiffer for Germany. Pretty top-heavy Swedish team with Ponsiloma and Samuelsson. They can get into tough positions before those two get to to hit the tracks. I'm not convinced anyone's going to be able to challenge consistently across the season uh, for the Norwegians and the French. Norway especially, just so ridiculously talented. If they put out a lineup of both the Burr brothers, Dale and Ligreed, you've got four competitors for the overall crystal globe in your relay team that's going to be tough to beat but here i'll go with the underdog and say france takes both the women's and men's relay titles so there you go those are my predictions for this season predictions that i'm sure are going to seem ridiculous by monday after we've seen the first racing of the season I'll be back shortly to predict the best bets for the weekend's races specifically over in Ostersund. Thank you very much for listening and I'll speak to you soon.